In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie. This is my weekly podcast to ponder and proclaim the daily readings, actually the Sunday readings for the daily mass. And it's an opportunity to reflect on God's word in our lives. Today is Sunday, the 12th of September, and it is the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. We welcome you today wherever you are. And I want to begin as we just celebrated the 20th anniversary of 9-11, a very special prayer. In fact, it was probably around that time I picked up this book. It's called Pray for Our Nation. And these are very short prayers for different parts of our country and different types of prayers. And I've picked this up across the years. And I thought today, let us open with a prayer for national protection. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most high God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, asking for divine protection for the people of this nation. I pray for the safety of every man, woman, and child. Keep us from harm's way and provide protection from plans of destruction that our enemies have plotted. Stop strategies of destruction that our enemies would try to evoke. Give wisdom, understanding, and discernment to those who provide protection. Help us to be watchful and alert to signs of wrongdoing. Provide insight to national and local authorities on ways to guard, defend, and ensure the safety of all American citizens, both at home and abroad. Help us to unite with government leaders and law enforcement personnel in making this country a safe place to live, work, and play allowing Americans to enjoy freedom without fear. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In this book, there are also these quotes. And on this page, it's a quote from Mary Hopkins, a U.S. educator, who said, Our prayer and God's mercy are like two buckets in a well. While the one ascends, the other descends. And so let us ascend our prayers to heaven and call upon God's mercy to descend upon us in this country and in the whole world. Well, let us get into our readings today. We hear from the letter to St. James again. We're continuing in the book of St. James. We also hear a familiar scripture from Isaiah, something that we might think about during the time of Lent and Holy Week. And also we continue our gospel with the gospel of Mark. So as we have in our hearts, prayer for our country, a prayer for unity, let's ask the Lord and the Holy Spirit to guide us in this time of pondering his word and how his word will come alive 
in our lives today. The first reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 50, verses 5 through 9. The Lord opens my ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled, have not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard, my face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord God is my help, therefore I am not disgraced. I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. He is near who upholds my right. If anyone wishes to oppose me, let us appear together. Who disputes my right? Let that man confront me. See, the Lord God is my help. Who will prove me wrong? The word of the Lord. The Sunday Psalm comes from Psalm 116. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and supplication, because he has inclined his ear to me the day I called. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. The cords of death encompassed me. The snares of the netherworld seized upon me. I fell into distress and sorrow and called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, save my life. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Gracious is the Lord and just. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord keeps the little ones. I was brought low and he saved me. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. For he has freed my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, I shall walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. A reading from the letter to St. James. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can the faith save him? If a brother or sister has nothing to wear and has no food for the day, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat well, but you do not give them the necessities of the body, what good is it? So also faith of itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Indeed, someone might say, you have faith and I have works. Demonstrate your faith to me without works and I will demonstrate my faith to you from my works. The word of the Lord. A reading from the gospel according to St. Mark. Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, you are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. 
he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes and to be killed and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this, he turned around and looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it just so happens that during this weekend, I think I've heard at least six or seven different homilies on this particular gospel and these readings for the 24th Sunday in ordinary time. I was uh, actually traveling a bit. And so I went to a couple of different websites that I go to regularly for the mass and then listening to our local parish priest as well preach on this. And there's so much here in all of the readings. And let's just go back there's always something that comes out of all of the scriptures, I think for us, but in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 50, particularly, there's so much here about enduring persecution, enduring difficulty, but yet always remaining strong with God. You know, I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard, my face, I did not shield from buffets and spitting. And I think about when we are meditating on the passion that these become real visual images of Jesus enduring time and time again on his way to the cross, on his way to Calvary, on his way to bring us salvation, that he endures so much. But the Lord God opens my ear that I may hear that he is doing the Lord's work. He is fulfilling the mission of God. And in that, there is suffering. And, you know, the next phrase, the Lord God is my help, that in those times where we are most persecuted, we are most beaten down, bullied, disregarded, ostracized, turned away, um, minimalized. We are being bullied today in many different ways. And yet the Lord God is my help. Therefore, I am not disgraced. If the Lord is my God, no matter what the bullies say, no matter what the bullies try to do to restrict or to confound us into a particular way, no. The Lord God is my help. He is near who upholds my right. If anyone wishes to oppose me, let us appear together. See, the Lord God is my help. Those are words that I need to cling to in such difficult times. As we reflect back 20 years to when our country was being terrorized and continues to be terrorized today, 
the Lord God is my help. And as we hear in the book of James, in this letter, according to James, we hear about faith and works. And as I listened to the homily given by Archbishop Alexander Sample this weekend from the cathedral, he was reflecting a lot about faith and works and going back into the Protestant Reformation, these two ideas of faith without works, this is really what broke apart so much of the church, the protesting of the church was a misunderstanding of Catholic teaching and Christianity in faith and works. If we truly have faith in God, then it should overflow in how we live our lives, in our works, in our charity towards one another, in our prayer life, in prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. How do I pray? How do I deny myself, give up fast? And how do I alms give? Give to those who are in great need. Give to those who are most vulnerable. How does my life reflect faith in action? And so I think this, this reading, according to St. James, really reminds us that if I do have faith in the Lord, I need to evaluate that faith. And is that faith guiding how I live my daily life? The gospel, according to Mark, we continue in this eighth chapter. This is verses 27 through 35. And Jesus is asking me the question. And for those of you who have been watching the TV series called The Chosen, the second season has completed. They're starting to or have already raised funds and are continuing to raise funds for the third season. But it's been, if you haven't been watching it, I would encourage you to check out The Chosen and look that up. But for me, what it's given me is an opportunity to reflect on what would it be like to be walking with the Messiah as he's starting to reveal that he is the son of God. And what would I have thought if I was with that band of brothers and sisters that were the closest to Jesus? And so Jesus is asking his disciples, those who have been closest to him, you know, who, who are the people saying that I am? Okay. And, and, and we know that Jesus is, this was a point that was made in, in one of the homilies I heard this weekend was Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He will, that's where he's going. He's always going forward on the mission, never going back, always going forward, forward where to his passion, forward to God's plan, forward to fulfill God's plan, his father's plan and for salvation. The ultimate plan that he is fulfilling is salvation and our ability through his God, through his grace to lead us to heaven. And Jesus is getting the sense and knows that the Jews have a misconception, a misunderstanding of the concept of the Messiah and who this Messiah should be. And, and then this television portrayal of Jesus in The Chosen, you can get this sense from some of the different apostles, particularly Peter, particularly Simon the Zealot, of, of this idea of the Messiah is going to lead them to freedom, is going to conquer our enemies, and it will be a conquering of a king, a mighty king, and a mighty warrior, and a mighty war, or, or some sort of, of a, a rebellion 
that Jesus is not that type of a rebellion. Yes, he will uh, revolutionize things, but with a different way of life. And as Jesus is asking his disciples, okay, people say Elijah, people say other prophets, people say I might be John the Baptist, but who do you say? See, the apostles have been with Jesus. They have spent intimate time with Jesus, walking at the campfire, preparing food, uh, healing the sick. But who do you say that I am? And Jesus is asking us that same question today. Okay, who do you say that I am? You might believe in me, believe that I existed, believe that I exist. I'm in the history. Lots of people believe Jesus existed. Even the demons believe in Jesus. But who do you say that I am? Now, Peter's words were true, right? You are the Christ. You are the son of God. You are the Messiah. But did his actions follow that declaration of faith? So he had a declaration of faith, which was great. But how did he follow up? He rebuked Jesus when Jesus was starting to unpack. And it was very interesting that Mark points out that he tells everyone about the suffering of the son of man, the, the persecution that he will endure and the death that he will experience uh, and the prediction of his rising, that this is something he spoke openly. And yet Peter continues to hold on to his way of thinking. Well, this is the way I expect things are going to go. And so no matter what you're going to introduce to me, I'm going to, I can only see this way. And Peter's clinging to his own plan, my plan, my will. And Jesus rebukes him and says, no, get away from me, Satan. Get away from me, that which distracts, that which is going against my father's plan. You are seeing things as humans see them. Well, yes, he is human. And yes, don't we also see our own plan? And so Jesus gives us the invitation. Whoever wishes to follow me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. And whoever wishes to lose his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save his life. How do we live our life? How we live our life matters. Our actions, our thoughts, how we do what we do, what motivates that matters. Is it, I'm going to get ahead? I'm going to be right? I'm going to fulfill my plan? Or is it that it's God's will, that this is God's plan? What's the ultimate plan leading us to heaven? Is this decision leading me to heaven? Is this decision leading me into a better connection with God? And am I better reflecting God's love in this decision, in this action, in this um, prayer and meditation? Is it my life or is it Christ's life? 
see John the Baptist, that I may decrease and he may increase. Is my life decreasing while his life is increasing in my life? There was a quote that Father Mike Schmitz mentioned in his homily this weekend that was quoting Diedrich Bonhoeffer, and it was this, we must be ready to be interrupted by God. And what I take in that is that if I'm so focused on my plan, that I may not be willing to be interrupted. But if I'm willing to be interrupted and to let God interrupt me in my plan and what I think should be the way to go, here's Peter. This is the way you can't do this. You can't be killed. You, you can't have the, 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 the leaders of the church uh, persecute you. That's his plan. But God interrupted him and Jesus rebuked him to say, no, 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 Peter, you're not thinking God's ways. You're thinking the world's ways. Let God interrupt us. Let God interrupt us in this state that we are in. It's not enough to just know Jesus. We are not the ones who are going to save ourselves. Jesus is the Savior. You know, I'll close with this. When my husband and I went on a pilgrimage to Nigeria, we went to a pilgrimage center that was founded by a religious community, Father Emmanuel, who who founded a, a community of priests, a community of monks, a community of cloistered nuns, and a community of religious sisters who were out in the world working in different ministries. And the community is called Jesus the Savior. And wherever you see the name Jesus, it's Jesus the Savior and Mary, mother of Jesus the Savior. And it really hit me when I was there at that pilgrimage center and Every time they talk about Jesus, it's Jesus the Savior. And, and I thought, wow, how wonderful this community to be reminded every time you proclaim the name of Jesus, to remember his most important quality, his most important mission is that he is the Savior. Yes, he healed. Yes, he forgives sins. All of these things but he is our savior. No one else is the savior. You're not the savior. I'm not the savior. The president isn't the savior. The king isn't the savior. The king of kings is the savior, Jesus Christ. And so remember in these times that can be really challenging, that are really challenging, that are really working its best to disunify us, to distract us, to really just divide us, that we have to continue to focus on Jesus the Savior, Mother Mary of Jesus the Savior. And and remember that what we do and how we do it matters, that that faith and action, those faith and works go together. It's just how they are. That, that in my faith, as my faith grows, my prayer life grows, the ways that I give grows, the ways that I let go of my own self and that I deny myself, I take up my cross, 
and I follow Jesus increases as my faith increases and that my generosity in giving of myself increases those works increase in many different ways in my own home, in my neighborhood, in my parish, in my school, wherever it might be that I may decrease and that he may increase. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thanks for joining me on Faith Moments this week, and I pray that you have a beautiful 24th week in ordinary time. We have some beautiful feast days to look forward to, September 14th, the exaltation of the Holy Cross, and September 15th is the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. If you happen to be in the Portland metropolitan area, have a chance to visit the Grotto, the National Sanctuary of Our Lady of Sorrows. I'd encourage you to visit them, if not on the feast day itself maybe during the month of September, and ask Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. God bless you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week.